It's hard to believe, but this episode marks two complete years of Truth to Ponder. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. All I can say is where has the time gone? It was two years ago that we launched this particular radio program and podcast called Truth to Ponder. It's been two years, and a lot has transpired in that two years. The reason this program, well, came about is is kind of an interesting story. You have to go back to 2015. In 2015, I had the opportunity to launch a once a week program called Your Weekend Show. Now that program aired on shortwave radio. It also aired on a few domestic radio stations and it had a small following as a podcast. The program talked about life, talked about the things that we all go through each and every day and some of the challenges that we face. But everything changed in 2020, as you can well remember. To give you some background, back in 2020, as I've mentioned many a time before, I I came out of retirement to go back to work in emergency management during the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic. And like many people, first responders and the like, that we, we looked at this as an honorable job and the honorable thing to do. I mean, what did we know about coronaviruses? What did we know about any of it? Not much. And I went in with an open mind and an open heart to serve a community and a county that was in need of help. But during the months that I was there, it became apparent that something something is wrong with the narrative. Something is simply not adding up as one would expect it to add up. When I was first contacted in February of 2020, there were numbers being floated around in emergency management. You didn't hear them yet on the television. You didn't read them yet in the New York Times or any other media source, including Fox News. But there were some really scary numbers out there of how many people would perish because of COVID-19 or the coronavirus or the virus. And part of my job was to be a public information officer and also help, which I have done in the past, in some of the planning and documentation. And the deeper we got into the facts of COVID-19 and the virus, the more suspect I began to be about some of the things we're being told and some of the things we now in the county I was serving we're beginning to push and promote that simply didn't make any sense. Everybody in emergency management in February, end of February, the beginning of March of 2020, was working under some false assumptions and just completely bogus and fake data. We didn't know it at the time. We had warnings from the Imperial College of London, and many other sources, including the WHO, the FDA, the CDC, you name it, that to expect this unbelievable number of people dying in a short amount of time. To put it in perspective, we need to go back two and a half years ago. Two and a half years ago, I'm working under the assumption 
that in the county in which I was serving, that by the summer, by the summer or end of summer of 2020, in other words, sometime after July, maybe August, maybe maybe as late as September, to expect 3,000 people in just the county in which I was serving would die. To put it in perspective, they were expecting 3 million people in the United States to die in a short amount of time. And that didn't even talk about how many would die beyond that date, how many people would be infected or sick or whatever the case may be beyond that date. These were the immediate numbers that we were told to work with. And so two and a half years ago, in the county in which I served, we made plans for 3,000 people to die. We needed temporary morgue space. We needed additional hospital overflow space. It was a daunting task. And we jumped in because we really, what else do we have to work with? And part of my job, besides all the planning, was to watch all of the the press conferences that came from the White House late in the afternoon, along with other conferences in the state in which I worked and also the, the television material that we put out in a live press briefing on a local TV station. And so we are basically honkering down, getting ready for one of the world's most, most unbelievable events, Yet the numbers were not adding up. As we got into the month of March, we were going to have the 15 days to flatten the curve. Just two weeks in a day. That's all we need. And then we can keep the hospitals from being overwhelmed. Now, understand. Now, listen carefully. Understand that flattening the curve doesn't mean a lessening of the impact of the virus. It just means it'll take a longer period of time to go through the population. It never meant zero COVID. It never meant that by locking down, we'll just get rid of it. The experts at that time and any medical experts said the best that we could do is slow down the spread. It will ultimately spread. As Alex Berenson, who got banished at one point from Twitter, he's now back on, once said, a virus is going to virus. It's going to do what it always does. The only thing we could hope for in those two weeks was to to flatten that curve so the hospitals would not be bulging at the seams and the mortuaries not overrun with people that have died. And as we got into the two weeks to flatten the curve, many a local business in the United States shut down. The only places that were deemed worthy to stay open, and they had these people with the little counters in their hand to make sure that only so many people were in the Walmart store at one time or a grocery store at one time. They limited the number of people based upon the square footage. All the aisles had directional arrows. You could only go this way on one aisle and that way on the other. You had to keep six feet apart. People were wearing face shields and, and masking. 
and rubber gloves. I saw a person driving a car by themselves wearing gloves, a face mask, and a face shield in a car by themselves. People were were definitely afraid. And it wasn't helped in any shape, manner, or form by having the death ticker on CNN. Remember the death ticker? Lower right corner. You had how many people are infected and how many people have died in the United States. And it's all Donald Trump's fault if you're watching CNN or MSNBC. As I said, we're expecting this huge onslaught of people to die in a matter of weeks, and it's going to be going up geometrically each week. And for the months that I worked there, it never happened. We never had the explosion of infections. We never had the overwhelming of a hospital. In fact, the big hospital in the city in which I was working for the county was virtually empty. Floor after floor after floor was shut down. There were no elective surgeries. People were afraid to go near a hospital for fear of getting the virus. And here we were watching the hospital struggling financially because they're not doing what they normally do on a day-to-day basis. It's all shut down. The liquor stores were open. The big grocery store chains were open. A few other big box stores like, you know, Home Depot or Lowe's, they were open. But if you had a a small butcher shop, you were closed. You were considered non-essential because, you know, in, in smaller stores, people are going to get COVID. They just don't get COVID in liquor stores, but they can in, in, they can in these other stores. Many of the convenience stores stayed open to a degree, limited the number of people coming inside. All these plexiglass shields placed by the registers. People losing their jobs because businesses have been shut down for fear of spreading COVID. And this this environment had a lot of people in fear. I can remember it was April, it was Easter of 2020, that I started really, really analyzing the data. And thinking to myself, gee, they've shut down churches. Churches can't meet. And I'm watching in our neighboring country of Canada some of the insane things they were doing with church pastors, arresting them. Because, see, COVID is a killer, and, and churches are the spreader. But the other things that we let you go to are not spreaders. Like liquor stores. They're not spreaders, but churches are. Churches are evil. Liquor store is good. I mean, this was the kind of insanity in some places. And I want you to think about this for just a moment. In some places, X-rated adult bookstores were deemed essential, but a church was not. And the more I kept looking at some of the strange things that are going on, 
and how they carve out this exemption for this group, but say this group is is an evil, horrible thing to go to because it's a COVID spreader. Then we had Fauci's big lie. Well, he had many big lies, but one of the first ones was, you know, we've shared it on this program. I'm not going to play it again. Where when he was on the television program, 60 Minutes, back, I think it was February or March, can't remember now which, and the idea of wearing face coverings, because see, in China, they saw a lot of people running around the streets wearing, you know, a, a face mask, a, you know, a surgical mask like you can buy at Walmart, two for a dollar. And so the question was asked, you know, maybe we should do the same thing here in the United States like they're doing in China. Maybe they know something we don't know. Part of the problem is that most people do not realize that in many cities in China, even when there is no virus, they wear a face covering because the air is so polluted and filthy. They don't care about climate change in China. They don't care about the pollutants coming out of automobiles and factories. They're in the business of making money, and they really don't care about the damage they do to certain parts of of their nation and the world. And so it was common in China and places where the air is just super filthy for people to wear a face covering. Now, to add to that, I have have family members that served as missionaries, though they were there as primarily English teachers, that served in China for a number of years. They taught English, and they had an opportunity to share the gospel in a country that's not friendly for sharing the gospel. And many of the pictures they had sent over the years, long before 2020, you'd be in a downtown area, the air is hazy, and everybody's wearing, most people are wearing some kind of a face covering to keep all the dust and the dirt out of their lungs. It had nothing to do with COVID-19 or any other virus. It became a cultural thing when you're outdoors in certain parts of China. And of course, China really loved to play up the fear on this virus for a number of reasons. It would get them stronger economically, obviously. It would weaken Western countries like the United States, Canada, New Zealand, England, United Kingdom, Germany, all all of the Western nations would go into this fear mode because we have lost so much of our faith in, in these nations. Our Christian heritage has been squandered and gone. We become nothing but secular humanists in many parts of the world, and this life is all we got. And so we want to hang on to it with everything we have. And so it was in this environment the truth to ponder was born. I had left that job. I could have stayed for months. If I wanted to stay, I could have stayed all the way well into the summer when things began to calm down. And I will admit the money was wonderful. And it was a great help to my wife and myself at the time. But I realized that I was perpetuating something that was not completely honest. 
we were dealing with junk science. Remember, Fauci said a face mask is worthless for a virus, and then all of a sudden, everybody's got to wear one. And it was done on the premise that, you know, your face mask protects me and mine protects you. In other words, it doesn't matter. You know, the the face mask does not give you any protection. The other person has got to wear one. I mean, this this was what they were saying. We knew the virus was aerosolized. So the idea of a face covering, where's it going to go? It's still going to get out the holes of, of your face mask when you exhale. I mean, some of the scientific nonsense that was spread was crazy. And so here we are today, two and a half years after the pandemic began, and now two years since this program started. When I began the program, I didn't know how long it would last. There were two topics here in the United States of major concern. Back in 2020, it was the virus and the upcoming 2020 election. And something deep inside of me, this voice deep down inside, I believe it was the prompting of the Holy Spirit, Not so much a prophecy, but, you know, a word of caution. Many, many people were looking at the election of 2020 as a way to secure conservative values in the United States. In other words, Trump would be reelected in a landslide, and we would probably take the House of Representatives and keep the Senate. That's pretty much what the mantra was. I can remember hearing it as we started the program at the end of August of 2020. I can remember it well. I mean, end of July 2020, I can remember it well. I was warning everybody in August, September, and October for three months. Do not put your trust in princes or the sons of men, as the Bible teaches. Put your trust in God. Too many people, too many people were not exercising their faith for God to carry them through, and they were looking to political leaders to get the job done. And this voice inside said, don't bet on it. Don't count on it. Don't plan to have it your way. With all of the changes in the way the voting was going to be done in the United States, many people, including myself, were getting a little bit suspect. States like Georgia, forget the signature verification on a mail-in ballot. We don't need it anymore. IDs for voting? Oh, that's yesterday's news. Though you need an ID to buy liquor. And many other things. But suddenly voting, oh, anybody, just if a warm body shows up, let them have a ballot. Let's put out these big metal lockboxes all over a city so people can drop off their ballots at 2.30 in the morning, even if they're dropping off hundreds of ballots at 2.30 in the morning or 4 a.m. or whatever. The rules were changed. The encouragement of vote by mail, vote by drop box, vote by any means other than going to a polling place was promoted. And the laws of many states' constitutions was completely trashed and violated. 
And it was in that environment. And I know there are some that believe that the election machines that in and of themselves also were tainted. And there is, I'm not going to say yes or no to that. I've seen some pretty compelling evidence that they were not all they were cracked up to be. But I think just plain old Chicago-style ballot stuffing is all they really needed in Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Georgia, and Arizona. Five states that Trump carried before suddenly were up for grabs in 2020. And even, even the election to fill the unexpired term in Georgia of one of the senators and the other Senate race that came up, I believe they were thoroughly tainted as well. And suddenly Georgia had two Democrat senators instead of two Republicans in a state that politically really hadn't changed a whole lot in the past several years. Sure, Georgia, because of Atlanta and to a lesser extent, Savannah and another city, Albany, Those are Democrat strongholds, and even a little bit around Augusta. It is is kind of a purplish state. It is mostly red outside of a few little blue dots. It is still a conservative state overall. And somehow in that environment, Joe Biden won by 11,000 votes in a state that had hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of ballots you can't track, trace, or know where they came from. I've mentioned this before, and I'll mention it quickly again. I had a friend of mine that worked for the Republican, you know, Senate committee. And after the election in Georgia, he was scratching his head, and he went down to Georgia. He lived, oh, I think at the time he was in Virginia. And he went down to Georgia for about a week and a half. And many others descended upon the state of Georgia to do some investigating to find out, you know, how did all this happen? The area that he went to is on the I-16, Interstate 16 corridor, between Savannah and Macon. And what he did, there's a number of small counties on that, you know, within, you know, 15, 20 miles either side of I-16, and during the just the short time he was there, he would look for those, you know, people that had applied for last-minute mail-in voting. And he had a list, and he went to a few of these communities and tried to see where these people lived. And he kept finding over and over and over again empty fields where nobody had ever lived before. Not even a pup tent had been established there. Not even a a camper or a dilapidated mobile home. It had been farmland, never had been used for a homestead. Yet somehow people were registering to vote, giving phony addresses out in the middle of nowhere. And he found a pretty good number of those just in a quick look. I'm sure if he went deeper, it would have been a lot higher. But that evidence was never compelling enough to get it into a court. And by the way, whenever you hear somebody say, well, you know, it's already been adjudicated in the courts. It hasn't. 
courts just didn't want to hear the evidence, so they would just, on a procedural basis, is where most of the lawsuits like the ones in Georgia, Pennsylvania, and Michigan were stopped. They didn't want to know the truth, so you don't hear it. Just, you know, cover your ears up. The truth, we can't hear it. Because if we did hear the truth, we would find out that the election was indeed stolen. I hold out some hope. I know the Democrats will try in the fall to do it again in November. They want to keep that majority if they can. But I think they have pushed too many buttons too fast in two years. This is basically 2008 all over again. Barack Obama had been elected in 2008, and they rammed down socialized health care and a number of other very unpopular rules, regulations, and laws in their first year and eight months in office, starting in 2009. And so by by the fall of 2010, the tide had turned against Democrats and Republicans regained the House of Representatives and the Senate. In other words, the Democrats held on. They won the presidency, the U.S. House of Representatives, and the Senate. And they did exactly what they're doing today, trying to ram a lot of unpopular things through as quick as they can before before they're knocked out of office. And I think, you know, I'm hoping and I'm praying I don't know how big this red wave is going to be. I think it's going to be tainted a little bit. At best, we will change the majority of one of the two houses, and then we can stop any further legislation for the next two years. But that means what really what really worries me now, by the way, is what happens after the election in November when, let's say, it's going to be swapping Uh, leadership in the House or the Senate, they will have from the middle of November to the, oh, into December to pass a lot of bills and do a lot of damage. That's what I worry about the most. If you're a Democrat and you've just lost your seat, you're going to say, well, I'm going to, well, fine. I'm not worrying about my reelection. I'll do as I please now. In other words, the demons will be set free to do as they please for a period of time. Now, in a minute or two, when I get back after this upcoming break, I want to share a couple of just quick stories to kind of remind you of where we have been during these past two years and some of the new things that we have to face from the hordes of hell, literally, in our world today and why this program is one of those voices that try to be honest. And I try to look at the world, and it's it's just the mess that it is, but look at it in the light of God's Word. That's why we do the program. Anybody can sit down and do a news show. Anybody can put a team together and even do a much better job than I do on the news. I know with our, our move to, to Virginia... Over the next week, I'm going to be setting up in a room a more adequate studio environment to produce the radio program. 
I think we're, it's time to go to the next level. And there are a few things that I want to incorporate going forward. I have a couple of people that I'm talking to that I would love for them to be regular contributors and helpers on the program to really make sure we dig into the news better and deeper than we're doing. The purpose of the radio program and podcast is unchanged. As I say, I'm a believer in the power of shortwave radio. Podcasts are wonderful, and I, I would love to see it explode in growth across the globe. But the day the podcasters shut down, and that day will come, shortwave will probably be my backup right now. I think it's really where most of the audience is, but it'll still be there. When certain platforms say, we don't want this program on on Spotify. We don't want this program on iTunes. We don't want this program on Google Podcast. And, and you can go down the long list of places you can hear the program. Spreaker, just to name a couple. It may disappear someday. So I need to have a plan going forward for both. Let me explain this for two things. Number one, number one, to keep it on short wave. Number two, to, to build a background streaming platform for this program and others like it, where even if the tech tyrants pull the plug, you can still find the program. That's one of the things that I'm really endeavoring. And I look, I'm looking for some to help partner in that endeavor. If you believe in this ministry and what we're trying to do, and here we are completing two years, would you consider supporting us financially? If you would, you, you have two ways to do it. You can go to our website, truththenumber2ponder.com, truththenumber2ponder.com. And there's a, you can find on that webpage a tab that says support, and you can find ways to help us out, including the mailing address I'm about to give. You can use either Give, Send, Go if you want to do it online, and we still are allowed to be on PayPal. That could change someday. But if you believe in our work, make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio. That is Ancient Word Radio. And the mailing address is Truth to Ponder, 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248. That is 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248. The city is Crestview, one word, Crestview, Florida. And the zip code is 32536. Once again, Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. The city is Crestview, Crestview, Florida. And the zip code is 32536. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The fullness of joy coming up. Shalom Aleichem, this is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. In Psalm one, or Psalm 1611, actually, it says it's written a beautiful thing. It says, in your presence is fullness of joy. What's it saying? It's saying this. You want joy? Real joy? Of course you do. You won't find it in things. You won't find it in gaining the whole world. You won't find it in religion or success. You'll find it in the presence of God. 
not just joy, but it says in your presence is fullness of joy, not an empty joy, not a quick joy, not a fading joy, not a fleeting joy, a complete joy, a solid joy, a joy that's more than emotion, a joy that is lasting. If you don't have joy in the Lord, there's a good chance you're not spending a lot of time with the Lord. The joy of the Lord is truly of the Lord. It comes from the Lord, not from activities just about the Lord, but being with the Lord. When you look at believers who are truly filled with joy, they're the same people who spend time with God and who delight to spend time with God and who made God their delight. And that's not all. It says in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures evermore. There's a whole lot of pleasure. Make God and your time with God the priority of every day of your life. Make it your joy. Cherish it, treasure it, rejoice in it. It's the only sure way to joy. You cannot lose because in his presence, you will find fullness, the fullness of your joy. And on top of that, pleasures evermore. That's a great thing. You want more? Ask for the way of the joyful secrets of joy on CD. Now the free gift for you, the mystery of the temple doors and sapphires with the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus, special teachings, updates on Israel, world events and prophecy and the secrets of strength and victory for every day of your life. How do you get these free gifts? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. It's 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to join me in bringing salvation back to God's ancient name. Israel, and all the unreached peoples on five continents with over a billion people. How? Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You'll impact the world. It's the farthest way you can ever spread the gospel through shortwave radio. It's amazing. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. We can write me direct. Just write to the nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's the nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying, Shalom Alechem. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah. Or HaOlam, the light of the world. Simchat Olam, the joy of the universe. This is Truth to Ponder. With Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of your weekend edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. As we complete two full years of producing this program, it all started at the end of July, back in 2020. And we've been doing this program ever since. I kind of wondered when it started how many months it would last. Would it be just a program temporarily on the air? to get us through COVID and through the election. Back then, many people were saying, you know, by the end of the year, beginning of 2021, it's all going to be good again. Trump will be in the White House and the virus will be vanished. it'll It'll be vanquished. And as you can see, two and a half years later, there are some places still holding on, holding on to the virus for dear life because it gave them power to control the way you live your life. One of the things you need to understand in this world, evil does exist. And that's one of the things we we desperately try to show you over and over again, that evil really does exist in this world today. And too many people are just trying to hide their heads in the sand and not see it. 
The pandemic was used to destroy a lot of small businesses. It empowered the billionaire class with even more money. Who is the big benefactor in the United States or Canada, for example, with COVID-19? Well, companies like Amazon. I mean, why go to the store? Stay at home. We'll deliver you everything you need to your doorstep. And if you did get out and put on your your latex gloves, your face mask and your shield and your hazmat suit, whatever, you can go to Walmart. You can even go to Home Depot as long as you're not buying gardening supplies in April of 2020. I can't believe that, you know, Governor, you remember Governor Whitmer? We haven't talked about her too much. Good old Governor Whitmer. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too. (laughs) She was one of the worst when it came to COVID-19 lockdowns in her state of Michigan. She really believed that, you know, you could go to the Home Depot or to Lowe's, and you can buy certain things like disinfectants and and cleaners, but you couldn't buy gardening tools because, see, buying a, a gardening tool or seeds is going to spread COVID, but buying, you know, Clorox is not. This is the kind of silliness that we saw over and over again in, from people in government especially if they were Democrats, trying to manipulate people into being afraid to vote by mail. Don't come to vote because you'll die of COVID. We learned a lot during that time about who really cared about upholding constitutional freedom and who didn't. Lori Lightfoot. You know, you remember her in Chicago. She really cracked down on the idea of churches meeting on a Sunday or even people gathering in a home to to pray. She heard of a church that was supposed to be open on a Sunday. And so she directed her Chicago police goons to tow all the cars away that were on a street where that church was on Sunday morning at 1030. And so they came to this neighborhood and started hooking up cars and hauling them out. Only to find out none of the cars were had anything to do with the church. They were people that lived in the neighborhood who had to park on the street. Did she ever apologize? Of course not. She doesn't know how to. She's a foul-mouthed, cursing, evil woman. Lesbian, married to her partner, whatever. I don't know what goes on. I don't want to know what goes on. And she's the reprobate leader of Chicago. And you wonder why Chicago, Chicago has all these murders every weekend, and we don't talk about that. Can't talk about that because that would be white supremacy or racist to discuss the shootings in Chicago or many other inner cities. That is a topic that, you know, you never talk about it because, you know, if you do, see, it's only white supremacists. It's only people that voted for Donald Trump that that should have their weapons taken away. We never talk about the other. Of course, I will say one thing. Governor Whitmer now has competition in the world's worst female governor in the United States. 
Uh, Kathy Hochul in New York is really working hard to become the worst governor this country has ever seen. You know, she she signed an order, and the Supreme Court in the state of New York, I believe it was the Supreme Court, or one of the upper-level courts, she had this rule out there that they could make quarantine camps. And if if any health official, without any due process, thought you might have COVID and be a danger to the neighborhood, oh, oh, oh you know, they're, they're going to absolutely... They're going to confine you against your will like a prisoner with no, you know, due process. Well, thankfully, I saw a story where that has been struck down. The COVID madness continues. We spent over a year and a half, almost a year and a half, pushing the the COVID shots. And we still have people trying to push the COVID shots, including young people. And what do we know? What do we know about these COVID shots? There's some things you need to know if you haven't heard. The evidence is now pretty clear. And they're seeing it already in the United Kingdom, which has been pushing the shots on their entire population longer and stronger and harder than we have in the United States. So we're not far behind, though. Children do not need the COVID-19 vaccine, period. End of discussion. No child needs an experimental messenger RNA vaccine in their bodies while their bodies are busy developing their immune system. I mean, face it, the vaccine only looks for one spike protein, not the entirety of a virus. It makes the child, you ready for this? Those young children they've discovered in the United Kingdom are like 4,000%. You heard me correct, 4,000% more likely to come down with COVID, a serious case, and have other issues with their immune system down the road. So why is there this almost satanic desire to jab every child when, number one, children are not at risk at COVID, they're terrible spreaders of the disease, they're not good at it, And we want kids to wear face diapers in some school districts and be vaccinated. I have no use for most of the public school unions and their teachers. I shared with you early this week, a teacher, a second grade teacher, and this gets into the other evil that's going on in our world today, that talked about how this one child came to her privately to realize that This child was born in the wrong body, and I really need to be a boy, not a girl. So I want to change my pronouns to him and he. And she was so overwhelmed with joy, she had tears in her eyes. And when she finally shared that information with the rest of that second grade class, every one of the students in that class realized they too were born in the wrong bodies and they needed to change their gender. And so the girls became he and him, and the boys became she and her. This is what's teaching our children in the public schools today. You know, you need to understand, you know, this whole destruction of human sexuality and confusion 
has got a satanic root. Saw this story too. FDA now warns that puberty blockers may cause vision loss in children. How about that? Puberty blockers. And see how many, we, we, you got the Biden administration and so many others screaming we need, we need gender affirming health care. In other words, if that second grader decides I want to be a boy or a girl, we need the puberty blockers and then we need the, the life altering surgeries to fix it. Not realizing that in many cases, second graders are highly impressionable. They don't have the ability of reason and comprehending complex things yet. This is why we have education and a time to grow up and learn. When my granddaughter was in the second grade, she wanted to be a mermaid for crying out loud. Do I give her puberty blockers and have her legs cut off and have fins you know, put on it surgically because she decided she's a mermaid? But we're supposed to now believe this is all being normalized. We are destroying young people systematically with gender confusion and introducing very provocative sexual things to children they don't understand at a young age. And the worst part is there are some church denominations that are willing to destroy your children. And that's because they no longer preach the gospel. That's because they've been given over to mass delusion and a reprobate mind. And this this story comes out of what is called Grace Church School in downtown Manhattan in New York City. And this is a school that was founded and run many, you know, for many, many years. Uh, as as an Episcopalian school centered around Manhattan's historic uh, 1808 Episcopalian church. And the school serves about 800 students from pre-kindergarten through the 12th grade. And of course, being the kind of church school they are, being an Episcopal background, the most important things have nothing to do with salvation in Jesus Christ, learning his word in the sacraments. No, it is inclusion, diversity, and anti-racism. That's all they really care about. And students who attend that church were required to go to a chapel service. They go there once a week through the eighth grade and every other week through high school. I guess when you're in high school, you know, church is no longer important. But this church, you probably shouldn't send your kids to because guess what? bunch of kids felt very pressured because they had a drag queen. That's right. Drag queen. A drag queen chapel service. Back on April the 27th, students felt pressured to dance and play along when drag queen and LGBTQ activist Jesse Avia, who goes by the name of uh, Britta Filter, good Lord, made a surprise appearance during the chapel service. They're trying to normalize all this deviant sexuality in young children and make it all normalized. And this is not just happening in the United States. It's happening all over the world. Saw this one positive story. Parents in the United Kingdom are finally waking up to the reality that Drag Queen Story Hour in Britain is nothing more than overt child grooming 
to bring them into human sexuality at a young age. You know, pedophilia. And this group of concerned parents, they disrupted a performance of a Dry Queen Story Hour this past Tuesday, accusing the touring troupe of trying to groom young children. Yep, it's happening. It happens all over. These Dry Queen Story Hours in your public library. And parents just think it's funny and cute. But I don't remember when I was in the first grade or kindergarten or even the fourth grade, for that matter, worrying about my human sexuality. There was a whole world to discover and a whole pile of knowledge to accumulate before my body would make the changes in puberty. But no, we want to do this early. We want to confuse children early. Satan, the author of confusion, wants your children. And children are just a commodity to the extreme leftists. That's all they are, a commodity for you know sexual exploitation or whatever. We live in an evil time. I could share story after story about drag queen story hour, LGBTQ stuff, being pushed on our children at a young age, swapping pronouns. And you want to know something? It's just going to get worse and worse as the time goes by. That's just the way it's going to be. Get, get with the program. We are in the end days. Truly, we are in the end days. If we're not in the end days, we're definitely going to be in a time of extreme persecution if you're a true Christian. Now, if you want to be into what they call woke Christianity, which many formerly normal denominations in Christianity at one time were, I mean, look at how far-fetched some of the church bodies have become. And I know this may bother some of you, but I'm going to come out and say it. The mainstream Episcopal Church is apostate. They no longer worship the true Lord Jesus Christ. They worship an imposter. The same is true for many in the United Methodist Church. Your church has been hijacked by the extreme left. Presbyterian Church, USA, same thing. Much of it has been hijacked. The Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, which is not evangelical and is definitely has nothing to do with early Lutheran tenets, is another one that has literally drag queen pastors, transgender pastors, homosexual pastors. And all of these churches have one thing in common, including United Church of Christ, They've developed liturgies and, and services to promote homosexuality and all manner of evil. Yes, yeah, same-sex weddings are now normalized. And they reinvent the scripture just like, you know, Joe Biden and the White House reinvented the definition of a recession. You know, for the last 50 years... Of my life, anytime you had two quarters of negative economic growth, you were in a recession. 
It would have been nice back in, oh, I don't know, 1975 if Gerald Ford could say, we can change the definition. We're not in a recession. Or in the 1980s, no, we're not in a recession. Or 2000, no, we're not in a recession. No, we're in a recession. And I don't care what the liars at the White House tell you. We're in an economic recession. We're in an intellectual recession. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. You know, our ability of, of common sense and thinking is being disposed of. And we're in a moral sewer recession, a recession of values. We're living in a difficult time. And you know something? This is why I do this radio program. Sure, I can talk about these stories and I want you to know about them. But the real key is you need to get right with Jesus Christ to get through this time. If all you have is the ballot box for your salvation, you have nothing. You have nothing. I've been voting for 50 years and I'll vote again in November and we haven't fixed it yet. It's just been getting worse and worse and worse decade by decade. Satan takes two or three steps forward and pulls society toward hell and we're lucky to get one step back, sometimes even two. But overall, we are slouching into Gomorrah and our country is heading to judgment. And that's why my greatest prayer is for Jesus to return soon. Don't let yourself be deceived. Jesus is coming back. Never thought that the one is kind of lost this way. Yeah, crazy as it seems, yeah, I know it's gonna be okay. Okay, it doesn't scare me, it's temporary. There's something better we've got forever, and it won't be long because I know our help is on the way. The way, so keep your head up. No, don't you give up no, 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 no Jesus is coming back Jesus is coming back And when the world gets complicated We're gonna keep on celebrating Cause we know, yeah we know Jesus is coming back Jesus is coming back We gotta stay awake Cause nobody knows the day or time No The trumpet's gonna blow
What a wonderful promise for those that believe that Jesus is coming back. We don't have to worry about this world much longer. Jesus is coming back. It is time for you to get to know that Jesus. It's time for you to say, Lord Jesus, become my Savior. Come into my heart today. Believe on his name and be saved. This world is not going to save you. This world is heading to hell. There's no doubt about it. And you need to be prepared for what is coming ahead. The best way to be prepared is to be in a right relationship with Almighty God. And you can do that today by simply saying, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, come into my life. This radio program is on the air each week because of your faithfulness. And I can't begin to thank you enough. Here we are. This program completes two full years of producing the program Truth to Ponder. And beginning Monday, we enter our our third year. Where has the time gone? If you want to keep us on the air, would you consider writing a check made payable to Ancient Word Radio? Ancient Word Radio. The mailing address is Truth to Ponder, 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248. And the city is Crestview. Crestview, Florida. And the zip code is 32536. Once again, Truth to Ponder, 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248. Crestview, Florida, and the zip code 32536. By the way, let me know how you listen. You can send me a direct email, bob at truththenumber2ponder.com. Also, the website, truththenumber2ponder.com. You can find other ways to support us and also leave your prayer request. And until next week, may God bless you. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.